Hello, my name is Jason Tucker, and you're listening to the Tipping Sacred Cow podcast. Welcome to the Tipping Sacred Cow podcast. So this is the uh, first podcast for the Tipping Sacred Cow website. First and hopefully not last. My intention is to have these from time to time. Uh, One, I guess, to break up the monotony so you're not always having to read what I'm writing and deal with uh, poor English and bad spelling, but instead you can uh, hear my voice. And when you hear my voice, hopefully you'll hear my heart. Uh, I find that there's uh, some nuances that are lost when you you take a step back from face-to-face communication and and go all the way back to the written word. Uh, So, you know, my intention is to kind of fill in those gaps and so that you can truly hear my heart and so there'll be no misunderstandings. I guess I could go to a video uh, blog, but uh, I'm going to be very honest with you. I probably have a face best suited for radio. And so as long as you can get by hearing my voice without seeing my face, then we're golden and we'll go from there. Well, I guess the best way to kick things off is to explain the idea behind the Tipping Sacred Cow website. Uh, TippingSacredCow.com is my blog site, and I guess as is true with most blogs, uh, it is a creative outlet. I use it as such and also a way to vent, but I'd like it to be uh, something so much more than that. I'd like it to be a destination where people can come and hear about uh, issues of church, faith, and doctrine, all from a biblical perspective, and also a safe place where they can uh, come and ask questions and have their questions answered. So hopefully that'll be the case for TippingSacredCow.com. I guess it's time we uh, jump right into our program for today. Uh, We're going to attempt to answer a question that uh, (laughs) people have pondered for, well, since there were people to ponder. You've heard the saying that there's only uh, uh, two sure things in this world, death and taxes. Well, I'm not going to talk about taxes today. I'm actually going to talk about death. you know, a morbid topic, but no, we're not actually going to talk about death. We're going to talk about what happens after death. Uh, People, you know, when they're faced with their own mortality, always contemplate, you know, what exactly happens after you die? Is there an existence? Is there life after death? And so what I did is I grabbed some friends and we went on the street and we we actually asked a few people, we interviewed some people just to see what their thoughts were, if they had the answer, because, you know, if if you're asking a question, you go, you go to find who has the answer. So I went on the street with some friends of mine and we wanted to see if they had an answer to that age-old question, is there life after death? And so you're going to hear their responses, some are longer than others, but understand this, the question they're posed with is, you know, what's your future look like? Is there life after death? And so here's their responses. Ah, that's a tough one. That's a big question. Uh, be honest with you, I don't really know. I don't. I haven't really figured out what I believe that in that. I'm hoping. I'm kind of sitting on the fence. Like in a sense, I do believe that there is a God and stuff like that. But in the other sense, I mean, nobody can prove that. Nobody can prove that there is a God out there. Nobody can prove that there is an afterlife. But I guess you just believe what you do believe, and if you don't, then you don't. I hope there's an eternal view. I don't. 
hope we die and just kind of lay there on the ground or something, just right away. But yeah, I hope there is. And I'm kind of looking forward to a break. I'm hoping there's nothing after that. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that there's life after death, but I mean, like... You die, your body gets buried inside of the ground. <laughs> like, it's a typical stuff. Hopefully there's uh, something, but you can never really know until you die. I hope. So those are the responses we received when we went out on the street and asked the question whether there was life after death. And I'm guessing right away you noticed that no one was able to give us a definitive answer. We had a lot of theorizing and, and a lot of wishful thinking. And the most common response we received was, I hope. Now, I'm guessing that didn't surprise you. It didn't surprise me. And the reason why I say that is I firmly believe in the heart of every person is this understanding that we don't stand in a position of authority to be able to answer that particular question. And this has been true for all time. I mean, just look at the oldest book in the Bible. That's Job. And in Job 14.14, Job himself asks this question. He says, if a man dies, shall he live again? So Job's basically saying, I don't know what happens after I die. What does happen? So when you have a question, what do you do? Well, you always look for someone who, someone or something that stands in a position of authority that has the ability to be able to answer that question. And you stand upon their shoulders and you form your understanding upon their expertise. So in our particular case, we're asking, is there life after death? Who has the authority the ability to be able to answer that question. Well, of course, that would be God, the one who created everything, the one who knows absolutely everything from the beginning until the end. Well, we would stand upon his understanding, his expertise, and that's how we would inform our understanding of whether or not there is life after death or not. So let's go to the Word of God and see what it has to say if there is life after death, and if there is, how it describes it. What does it look like? Well, the first verse that pops to my mind when trying to answer this question, if there is life after death, it happens to be Hebrews 9.27. Now, it reads like this, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. It's a short verse, but it answers a whole lot of questions. The first part of the verse says it's appointed for man to die once. Well, that answers this for me, that I don't get many opportunities at life. I get but one opportunity at life. There is no such thing as reincarnation. I do not keep coming back and getting another kick at the can trying to get things right. I have but one life to live and then death. But the second part of the verse, it reveals something else to me. The second part of the verse says this. It says, and after that comes judgment. So that tells me that after death, death isn't the end, but there's something further. Now, the verse doesn't describe to me or paint a picture of what that existence looks like beyond death. It just tells me that there is an existence there, and it refers to it as judgment. What that judgment is, well, that's a question we can answer at a later date. But this verse does tell me that there is indeed some sort of existence, some sort of life, if you will, after death. I guess this kind of leads us to the next obvious question, and that is, what does this existence after our death look like? And for me, the verse that comes to mind that helps paint a picture is Matthew twenty-five, forty-six. Now, this is Jesus speaking, and in this section of Scripture, he's actually speaking about this final judgment that we heard about in our previous verse in Hebrews. And he's breaking the people up into two categories, one that he calls righteous, and the other ones by default would be not righteous. And uh, in verse 46, he says this, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous 
into eternal life. And so this verse tells me one thing right away, and that's whatever this existence is after our death, it's eternal. It's, it is forever. It's going to go on forever. And it also paints a picture of, of two possibilities. One for a group of people who are considered unrighteous, and they're going to be eternal punishment. And then one for a group of people who are considered righteous, and it's going to be eternal life. Now, what does eternal punishment look like, and what does eternal life look like? Now, the best scripture I know of that paints a picture of the difference between eternal life and eternal punishment, it can be found in Luke 16, verses 19 to 31. I'm not going to read them to you. You can do that on your own. I'll do my best to summarize. And uh, what you're going to find is this is a section of scripture where Jesus is telling a story about a rich man and a poor beggar named Lazarus. And both men die the same evening, but they find themselves in two very different places. The Bible describes where Lazarus is as being paradise. Obviously, somewhere very good. And the Bible describes where the rich man ends up in terms like, you know, flame, anguish, and, and torment. And you discover that the rich man is able to feel and understand and is, and is cognizant of what's happening to him. He indeed feels the torment and feels the punishment. And the Bible records a conversation he has with Abraham, who's in paradise with Lazarus. And from this conversation, we come to the realization that not only is he cognizant of where he is and what's happening to him, but he has a remembrance of who he was in his former life prior to his death. He remembers family and he remembers who Lazarus is. So you really got to check it out. This is found in Luke 16, verses 19 through 31. Now, there are more scriptures we could look at, but given what we've read so far, we actually have enough information to make some conclusions about our initial question. The scriptures have shown us that death is not the end, that there is an existence beyond the grave, and that this existence is an eternal one. And not only is it never-ending, it's a conscious one where we think, feel, and understand. The Bible also reveals to us that uh, there are two potential polar opposite realities that one could experience. Uh, one for those who are considered to be righteous, which is a, a glorious one, one that's described in wonderful terms. And the other set aside for those who'd be considered unrighteous, one that's described in terms of torment and judgment. Now that we've actually answered our question by allowing the scriptures to inform our understanding of the reality of life after death, there's basically two reactions I'm hoping for here. The first reaction is from those individuals whom the Bible would classify as being righteous. My hope is that they would see that they have a hope for the future, that there's a point in time where the mortal puts on immortality and the perishable puts on the imperishable, and that there's a wonderful future and a hope, and that's going to impact the way they live today, and also it's going to remove any fear of death itself because they will realize that death is not the end. The second potential reaction that I'm hoping for will come from those individuals whom the Bible would classify as being unrighteous. Now, my desire for anyone and everyone who would find themselves in that uh, position is that they would allow the reality of an eternal judgment to bear weight upon them and that they would find that reality so distasteful that it would drive them to the scriptures in order to find a solution, any solution to their problem, a solution that would in turn give them a future and a hope. Well, it's been really fun, but I'm running short on time, so I think I'm going to have to call it quits here. But before I do, uh, let me just say, if you're one of those individuals I described as uh, wanting to search the scriptures to find a solution to their problem, um, 
and you're having trouble finding that solution, then by all means, please contact me at uh, tippingsacredcow.com, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you have and help you find that solution, which will give you a, a hope for your future. Uh, in any case, for everyone, uh, I just want to thank you for tuning in. This has been the Tipping Sacred Cow podcast. God bless.